All right, everybody, we are live in the Slam Wrestling Boot Camp. What a fade out on the music from my phone. And uh, this is Dylan Broda with Shooting the Shiz At. And uh, we got uh, actually two special guests that we're going to try to have on the air today if it doesn't break out into a wrestling match, as they call it. But uh, we are at the Slam Wrestling Finland headquarters out over here in Espo. Finland. It's just next to Helsinki. And uh, I'm literally sitting next to the big ass, I think it's an 18-foot ring that slam this the official slam wrestling ring that we have been training in. Now this is the second day of training. And um yeah, it's going well. I'm I'm training and I'm hurting pretty good though. I like the I like the pain. At least uh, it makes me feel like I'm working hard. And that somebody else who's probably one of the hardest working guys in the class is, um, well, what should we, what should we, uh, how should I introduce you? I, I didn't ask you that. I'll just call you the great auntie. Is that good? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I got auntie here and uh, you've been training and you all are already uh, wrestling and how many matches have you actually had? I actually haven't been counting my matches. So. You haven't? No, no. Oh wow! I guess it's like a, is it a good luck charm that you only count like, uh, or you, if you don't count your matches, it's better? Do you think? Yeah, I just haven't had a need for that. Hmm. Well, I mean, what do you have a best match yet? What did, did something stick out to you that was like the match of your? So I guess your career is quite short at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. How, how long have you been going? Uh, I actually started training in 2017. And I had my debut uh, in uh, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So just about two years coming. Yeah, two years. All right. And so, but have you had like that uh, a match that you felt was like, you know, the one for now to beat? Yes. And what was that? Uh, I think it uh, was the thing I did in Italy. Uh, tell tell us about that. So you went down to it Italy with a, a fellow Finnish uh, pro wrestler. Um, That's right. And can you tell us a little bit about who you went down there with and who you wrestled in front of? Uh, yeah, I was uh, with Patrick Mieto. Uh, we went to Pisa, Italy, to Scuola Italiano Wrestling uh, training camp, just a training seminar. And uh, our coaches were uh, Alex Flash. Chris Silvio, Marty Jones, and uh, Joseph Connors, and uh, Jack Knight. All right. So that's a pretty, like, it's a pretty stacked amount of people there that would be training and watching. Did you yeah. get some really good feedback? Like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. What was something that um, uh, I guess you didn't expect to hear, but it really helped you out uh, the most? Yeah, I, I think Marty Jones was like the most helpful with the advice. Like he has so much experience. Yeah, and it really shows. And I, I think I got the most from him. We had we've had Marty Jones on the show. I think twice now. Yeah, um, I've heard. Yeah. yeah, he's like um, just like a wealth of knowledge about pro wrestling, and um, he's such a character as well. Was he? You know, was he really? Um, like an animated personality in in person yeah sure 
even though he he hurt his leg, but he was still like standing up and trying to get the ring, and I really got the spark from him. Yeah, yeah. We've been actually uh, thinking about even the last time he was on here, he expressed interest to come over here to Finland and and do a seminar, maybe ref a match when his leg is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would be really cool. I'm very much looking forward to if we can set that up together. But um, now you're doing this slam wrestling boot camp. What made you want to? I guess since you are already having pro matches, what made you want to get back into like the training side of things? Uh, because there is not so much training in Finland, and I just want to get to the ring and train yeah. as many times as possible. I mean, I've heard it a lot of times with pro wrestlers where you never stop learning, and I yeah. think it's the same, you know, like with musicians. Uh, you, you're you're never there's always somebody better than you, mm-hmm. so you better you can't stop training you can't stop practicing and um and i think it's it's really respectable that you that you are i mean in a lot of ways this training course is starting from the beginning mm-hmm. but yeah. then again it's really great to at least what i find anyway to learn those basic things uh, and learn them again because maybe you I mean, I speak from experience with drumming. A lot of times I compare things with uh, with drumming. And when I would uh, say five years into my drumming uh, lessons and career or whatever that's going to be, um, a lot of the times if I went back and tried to do the exercises that are really basic original exercises, sometimes those might be hard to do when you really focus on those, you know, quite basic, like the footwork as well. Mm-hmm. that's what i found today we worked a lot on uh that i had um it was i think everybody took it took a moment to get your head wrapped around the footwork the actual like working where do you place your feet in the ring and i know it uh it's quite difficult for a lot of people to even get that through and uh starbuck had talked to um miranda gordy the daughter of uh, terry gordy legendary a uh, badass wrestler and uh, she said one of the things that she always wants to improve on is her footwork because that's something that makes uh, a pro wrestling match like flow properly and keeps everything in a good spot but how are you feeling like physically because i know you're training really hard not only here but you train outside of the slam wrestling boot camp with your mm-hmm. uh fellow pro wrestling friends and things like that so you know how are, how is your body feeling after these two training sessions that you've had here and in, in your own time actually we had a training hall lockdown so we didn't get any in-ring training and uh, it really shows when i get back into the ring and everything is hurting again yeah the body will get used to it of course and i just want it more because i want to be the hardest working guy in the room well you're on your way that's for sure and I really respect that you're taking the time to to train as hard as you do, and that uh, you don't seem to be the kind of person that uh, like uh, doesn't like to hear criticism. Like you, you want to hear what can you do better. Yeah, that's really important to get the criticism. Yeah, and because I, I think there's a lot of people who can't handle it. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be told that they're doing something wrong, um, even though it's that's how you get better you know you just gotta stay humble Mm. and take everything in because the coaches they really want to help you yeah exactly and what do you want out of pro wrestling like where do you want to go 
I'm not going to give you like a five-year program or whatever. What, what do you want out of it in the end? Like what's your, your top goal that you want to do? You know, I have changed my whole life for this and I want to go as far as I can. That's great. Yes. Well, I guess the sky's the limit there. I don't think there's a glass. You shouldn't think that there's a glass ceiling. So yeah. hopefully you don't get discouraged because I know that with any any sport, any form of art or martial art or whatever, I, I know that it's it's always you get, we call it like plateauing. You get to a certain point where you just don't seem to be getting any better mm-hmm. and you can't get, you just can't get any better. You can't get any better matches bookings or whatever you might even start to get worse in your own opinion and i think that's where a lot of guys uh they just fall out and it's the ones that like stick with it that you know that seem to um push past it those are the ones that that actually make it so i really hope and i think you have the attitude to to do it so yeah thank you yeah but um what what else was i going to ask you but uh would you i guess uh who would you recommend like this slam boot camp to if you were to you know talk to somebody on the street and uh and say you should do, you should do this course is it something for people who want to just get fit or is it for you know more niche audience or or what do you what do you think if you want to start out uh, i think you have to be a little bit athletic and you have to be training for some time to just so you can hang in the ring because it's extremely difficult yeah we even had today uh with those roles that we were doing and i think almost everybody felt quite nauseous and even uh we had somebody throw up yeah, so that's right and it's i felt like i was gonna throw up actually twice mm-hmm. and somehow i was able to keep it in but yeah. um it's uh and it's it's that equilibrium stuff that you don't even expect that rolling around in a ring it's going to throw you off and that you'll feel like, you know, puking for the rest of the day. Um, so I think that uh, what a lot of people don't realize is actually how difficult those things, those small things are that seem or whatever, you just do a front roll, you know, what, yeah. how, how much, how difficult could that really be? But yeah. it's <laughs> just try it in the ring. Yeah. It's, just it's, try it's, it. It's not that easy as it looks. Exactly. Well, you're doing a really great job. I want to, before you go, um, I want to get your buddy who was here training with us today, uh, Pekko, Polar Pekko. We've seen uh, some of his pretty crazy, um, I guess, work that he's been put through by the Rebel Starbuck on. Have you been watching those gut check videos? (laughs) And uh, he's really been put through the ringer, and I've been really impressed. um, And that he showed up actually today to train with with everybody here. Um, And I guess he's making sure that he doesn't get his ass kicked as hard as uh he just might so you never know right it's yeah. experience versus youth i think coming up at that quarantine combat yeah sure. and um those videos really were inspiring and and quite uh quite impressive for me and um but yeah thank you very much for joining us thanks it's really wonderful to train with you and yeah. i really appreciate you being here it, it really makes it much better for me so that's yeah. awesome. Yes, yeah, same. And thank you. All right. And good work. And uh, um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. But uh, I think my brain is a little bit scrambled from the bumps. Yeah, <laughs> mine too. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Yeah. But yeah, um, are, uh, I guess um, And when we have this quarantine combat and all that, um, it's going to be on YouTube. Um, and there's going to be quite a few 
pretty cool matches. The venue is pretty awesome. We can't really, I guess, release much about it until it comes out. But um, yeah, it's going to be killer. Yeah, everybody should check it out. That's it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, next up, we got Paul Orpeko. If he wants to get on the mic and cut a promo for me, um, I think uh, if he's ready, how do you feel? He's good. He's got his he's got his orange Cassidy thumb up up his well <laughs> but thanks Ante. i really appreciate it buddy all right you got some blood on you a little bit yeah how do you feel after that training uh dead but happy dead but happy yeah and you've been training like super hard i i heard that you had like a nine hour training session at some point this week or at least a, almost a full day yeah it was uh yesterday i think it was could have been yeah maybe <laughs> no idea <laughs> and what did you think about the like the slam boot camp style of training um uh, uh there are like two different styles in fcf they're like uh more like calm down yeah which uh, i don't kind of like i like like reps 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 yeah yeah the attitude the intensity and all right right good shit yeah, there's a lot of different styles of trainings all around the world as well. So um, this kind of training that is is um, like you said, reps, the the warm up and all that. And you know, the guys that are here, I think um, pretty much everybody uh, is as green as could be. Yeah, um, I've taken a bump before, but that was in maybe 2000. 2008 or something when i did some small training so most of this stuff i have never done before and um it's really eye-opening and, and great to feel uh is there anything that you found just training today that because uh, how long have you actually been uh same as uh so like two years yeah all right and um what what did you find today anything that uh, you felt that you uh, could improve your game from uh just uh little things yeah the details the, uh basics are there but a yeah. uh, little bit of uh, here and there yeah like mistakes now and you're a tough guy you've been in those uh you've been literally put through the ringer with the gut check um videos from slam if anybody hasn't seen it you should go to youtube now what how was that to go through were you prepared for that kind of physical i guess um how would you say physical like uh work that you had to do Mm, well, I basically had a leg day before that, which was a big mistake <laughs> because the stairs and the swimming and all that good shit. Yeah, yeah. And Peck goes bleeding from the nose, by the yeah, way. Yeah. So he, if you, he sounds a bit nasally, <laughs> you can, uh, you can. If we had the camera on this time, uh, you know, it would have been great. But um, yeah. Um, so then you had, yeah, you had those stairs, and then what did you have after you had the like the running? Yeah. Then there was the circuit chain. Oh training, yeah, the, you know, it's the, that's true. Yeah. yeah, the log press and monkey bars and yeah, and push ups and. And then you that. did your sauna treatment and uh, your dives into the uh, into yeah. the lake, yeah. and that was really great. And what did you find the hardest out of everything? Was there something that was really like tough for you to get through? Mm, maybe the stairs. I think so. Yeah, I think that's hardest yeah, for everybody. Like they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially those like uh what do you call them? The like the squat leaps, the squat jumps. Squat jumps. It's yeah. like uh that's brutal. Yeah. Some of the most brutal things I think anybody could ever do. Yeah, but, it's uh funny when you do like eight eight of those 
you're like this is easy but at the day 10 yeah you're like that <laughs> so you're preparing for a match against uh starbuck yeah and starbuck has been wrestling 26 years uh he's wrestled all around the world some really uh, big huge names trained by people like uh, lance storm uh carl moffitt you know um he's rubbed shoulders with some some of the best that ever stepped foot in the ring and how does it feel to and are you prepared for that kind of match i mean you are a young guy you're in great condition and uh you're super fast and you're very athletic what are you gonna try to i guess how are you gonna try to beat somebody who's got that experience under their belt heart yeah yeah heart that's it that's it well i mean you've got a lot of it mm. that's for sure and do you have like um i mean your style you have your aerial assault kind of thing that you do your shooting star press is your big finisher is there something that you're wanting to um i guess further explore in this kind of match um because i i don't know like starbuck probably will try to keep you off of those ropes yeah so on the ground. Yeah. yeah are you going to try to get to the top rope or are you going to try to keep it uh like i guess in his game we'll see we'll see if i get the opportunity then of course yeah yeah to the top we go there you go but, um, i actually have been training like technical mat stuff all right yeah so and did you basically have that you know what did you do during that training lockdown you know there was no anywhere really to train there were some gyms open or whatnot in in finland but what did you do to stay fit and healthy during that time uh actually me and one of my friends have a like garage gym oh yeah with all the necessary stuff oh that's good yeah so you're you're you feel like you're in good physical condition yeah like best shape of my life there you go i think so i guess that's sometimes the these quarantine things give you that advantage yeah all right well i gotta say good luck to you and um gonna need it yeah well you know <laughs> but i think this is a great learning experience for you and uh win or lose i think you're you're coming out on top in a lot of ways yeah that's true so i really appreciate you being here and it was actually a, a pleasure to uh train with you and get some I think you gave me a bump or two, so oh. that was that was really nice. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Well, any any uh, last words? What do you want to say to to Starbuck when you uh, you know I guess a preemptive speech, or if you want to give some kind of words towards him that uh, you think that he should know? Mm, if you haven't seen the gut check videos, I think that's the only answer you need. Yeah, I like it. We'll see you there. All right. And do you, is it insulting if I call you the ice machine? Uh, no, no. Because, you, you know, I was thinking it sounded cool. And then I thought of, you know, the ice machine in the hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. That yeah. Sounds yeah. Good. New nickname. Yeah, all right. I like it. Okay. Well, give her hell. And uh, I, I really can't wait for the, the wrestling match that you guys are going to have at Quarantine Combat. Me neither. All right. All right. Thanks, big guy. Thanks. That was Polar Pekko, and he's going to go up against the Rebel Starbuck at Quarantine Combat. And um, I was going to play some of our sponsors, um, but I didn't get that working with this setup here, with this whole live stream. So I'm just going to tell you about our sponsors. And, uh, of course, we are sponsored by Skip Nutrition. Actually, Starbuck just walked in the door right now. 
and uh, he can tell you a little bit about Skip that I can. How you feeling? You're the train in madness here. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, at 47 years of age, man, it's like you got to keep up with the young pups, but it's also, it's, it's more than that. You got to actually, you have to set the pace. That's you know? it, yeah. You know, it's like you can't, there's there's something to be said for leadership. And I think that like, that's the one thing that there's, there's a lot of people want to be chiefs. They want to be cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. But, you know, they don't understand that it, what, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like Jesus said in the Bible, actually, you know, he who wants to serve or he wants to lead must first serve. Mm. Right. And the thing is that unless you set the pace, unless you set the example for others to follow, how the hell are they going to follow? That's it. What are they going to follow? It's just, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. Is that what it is? You know? Yeah. So. I think if it's one of those things where if you don't show how it's done. Um, well, for me personally, like I'm here training, like I said, um, and there's a lot of really difficult things and surprisingly it's, a it's like mental difficulties, the physical stuff, like, uh, I can take the pain generally, mm -hmm. but the mental, um, it's, it's, it's strange how, how many calculations you have to make in your head. Well, Kurt Angle said that pro wrestling is the hardest thing that he's ever done in his life. Yeah. Right. This guy won the 96 Olympic gold medal. That's it. Right. In freestyle wrestling. And. If you think that, like, a premier athlete, a legitimate premier world-renowned athlete can tell you mm. that it's the hardest thing he's ever done, he's not, and he's not alone. There are others, like guys that have come from the MMA scene, for example, said the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, in that way, I mean, pro wrestling is such an amalgam. It's such a mixture of different fields of, how could you say, um, or different elements that you have to combine all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, to to piece your piece of business together. One of those things is uh, timing. You know, one of those things is positioning. Yeah. One of those things is body language. Mm. One of those things is fire or attack, as I say. Yeah. Know, like the, you have to attack the mat. You have to, every move that you do, it's 100% commitment to the move. So whether you're sending a guy into the ropes whether it's a uh, you know a turnbuckle smash or whether it's a body slam, it's full out. Yeah, you know. So and in addition to that, it's ring psychology. It's it's, it's how do you set up the next move? Mm. If you know you have to think ahead, you can't think only in the moment. Or if let's say you're handicapped in that way, I'm quote unquote handicapped. But let's say that you work on the fly in the sense that that you piece together your match, you paint as it comes. Yeah. You damn well better have a really good head for piecing the next piece of the puzzle into that, you know, yeah. big scheme of things uh, to have cohesion and to build towards, like, how could you say, miniature climaxes yeah. before the big blow off, mm. right? It's, it's a roller coaster. You have to come up and down, up and down. And you can't have the one pace all the way through. You have to have a certain number of sends, a certain number of, well, we're not even there yet in the no. schooling. We just started, but, let, you know, as we advance, uh, you'll have to have a certain number of sends, like into the ropes, mm. a certain number of slams, so stationary throws, like suplexes, slams, mm. yeah, and a certain number of strikes, whether it's forearms, kicks, punches, knees, mm. uh, and a certain number of holds. Yeah. So it's like you have to mix these things all together in a way that you don't overstay your welcome with any one of them. Yeah. And I mean, today... Uh, like uh, on day one, um, there was a lot of basic stuff uh, mm -hmm. as it as it should be, and I think the the main um, 
the main thing that I got out of it was the safety and uh, positioning in the ring that like, especially, uh, I think that nobody realized how difficult it is just to run the ropes. And I think that mm -hmm. that's something that, well, you just run and bounce and away you go. Mm. But uh, then just uh, the idea, and I think it um, it almost happened, you know, people almost fall out of the ring because they're, they're not hitting they the ropes yeah, right. And, they, they don't hook the top rope, for example. Yeah. So it's unless you have your form down, it's like, you know, there's a technique to everything. And like nobody goes into a boxing ring or into a boxing match and just starts, quote unquote, throwing hands. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to die. If that's the case, you step into the ring with any boxer who's got any training whatsoever, you will get killed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing that is um, surprising to everybody as well as to me is that how much uh, it takes out of you just to do, let's say, well, today we did the shoulder tackle with the drop down mm -hmm. uh, with some rope running. Right. And you do three of those and you're like winded at least you know uh, at this stage in the game that it it felt like uh if this is one tiny little you know grain of sand in a in a match how like you need to be in tip top shape to be able to you know pull together even an 8 minute long match well, you know even 5 minutes yeah. like a, a tv match yeah where you have to have like you know tempo and gusto yeah I mean, you're going to get blown up inside of five minutes. Easy. Yeah, exactly. Easy. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, let's say uh, a punching bag. Mm. Try to just work the, you know, boxing punching bag yeah. for, for, for one minute and see how you feel. Exactly. I remember training um, with the Olympic wrestling style team, the amateur wrestling team in high school. And we would train for an hour or so in the mornings. And then when we go to a, I think it was four times a week or something like that. And you'd feel, you know, tired but good after it. And then you'd go to the wrestling meet or whatever on the mm -hmm. weekend. Mm -hmm. And then you get your first match and it's three minutes and you're dead. You're dead from those three minutes because it's just three minutes of every muscle in your body working. Well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like Dory Funk Jr., the uh, former NWA World, uh, World Heavyweight Champion, said that, you know, you can only, you can only get into wrestling shape by wrestling yeah you know and there's is like pro wrestling is the greatest form of uh, physical conditioning that there is that's what he said back in the day and uh excuse me um i i think the reason for that is that you know you're falling down you're getting up you're rolling around you know you're you're getting into position you're jumping you're you know throwing your body you're you're over enunciating all of your movements yeah uh, and all of that is like the most dynamic form of exercise that there can be. That's true. And I mean, from it's it's funny that, you know, there's running, there's jumping, mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, falling. And so bracing your body, basically, every yeah. you know, all yeah. the muscles in your body, you're trying to tuck your chin so your head doesn't bounce off the mat and mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So when you take when you fall back take those bumps that your whole body is is clamping down and then you got to get up and well, that's then, it i mean you have to have a support system right you know, yeah you, 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 your muscles have to be supported and if you don't have a strong core a strong neck i mean you're you're kind of screwed yeah so i mean everybody here is um actually we got a, a message here that, that's funny uh, best that? greetings it's uh luodes how do you who's that 
Luodes. I don't know. Okay, here we Best go. Best greetings to you too, Uncle Sam Patriot here. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's Uncle Sam Patriot. Thanks right. for the live. Great idea. Anyway. So that's uh, but yeah, I mean, nice to hear from him. Yeah, that's cool that he sent a message. Great, great to hear from Uncle Sam Patriot. Um, but for me, anyway, the, I'm learning a lot, and uh, it's only day two, and I do feel like everybody in the class has already improved, even if it's like a minor improvement. But it's literally only day two. Well, you know, the thing is, is it's like I told the guys in the beginning. You, I mean, you you heard me say it too. Is that I'm going to yell at you? Yeah. And it, don't take it personally. You know, it's like, I'm not, this is not bullying and it's not like, you know, talking down to anybody. Mm. What this is, what it's designed to do, what it's engineered to do when I yell at you is to get you into the zone. Yeah. Get your head into the zone. And the thing is that, you know, you've seen the movie Gran Torino, right? With yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood. You know, there's a way to, that men talk to each other. And uh, I know that in today's, you know, very gender obscure slash, uh, how could you say, you know, um, politically correct society, you know, they've tried to downplay and they've tried to like somehow, you know, shame, uh, you know, the way of man mm. or the way of men, you know, that, that we as men traditionally, how we behave. Uh, and but one of those things is very much what is, you know, uh, somehow echoed in that Gran Torino movie where Clint Eastwood takes that young guy, the young kid from from Asia, and he starts to talk to him in a very, how could you say, almost like you know, brutish manner, uh, you know, but it's, it's like, that's how men have talked to each other throughout, throughout the ages. And there's a, there, there's, there's a certain challenge in that, you know, like when, when a man, when another guy, uh, not just urges you, but he challenges you to man up and you can't lose face. That's the whole thing, you know, like amongst your peers, mm. amongst your brethren. Yeah. There's a, there's something to be said for losing face, and it's it's it actually puts your mind in a very good place that when you are challenged, uh, in a sports sportsmanlike way or in a, in an let's say in a, an athletic environment, uh, by somebody who's ahead of you in this specific game or it, whether it's business or whatever it is, yeah. But when they challenge you in such a way that you must step up to the plate you must defeat yourself you must you know you must overcome your own insecurities you be, you come out of the whole thing as a better person yeah and that's my whole point here is that part of the boot camp it's not called a boot camp for no reason mm. it's called a boot camp because there is a very distinct as you said mental game involved so much of life so much of business is mental right and it's like i i hope that when these guys that attend the boot camp look back on this time that they will share, you know, together as a group and with me as their coach, I hope that they can say, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I hope they can look back and they can say that I became a better man because of that boot camp. Yeah. Right? Because when I came out of there, I was, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a changed person. I'm a stronger person because I came out of that thing. Yeah. And because I was challenged and because I was, you know, that, that I had somebody who believed that I could do it and they pushed me to the limit. And that's, that's really what it is. You know, it's like, you know, for me personally, it's, it's, you know, I think that, um, proactivity and, and like what you leave behind, it's like the value that you expound or that you exude that other people can pick up on that they can like mirror back to you and say that, you know what? I admire that in you. 
you know, it's like that there's a, there's a certain power there that I can tap into. There's something about, about you that, that, that I can learn from, or that I can like somehow that I can like, it's like, it's almost like, you know, uh, how could you say a power source? Yeah. Right. Hmm. That you can like somehow tap into and, and like get something for your own life out of that. Yeah. And if I can do that, you know, that's, that's, I think as, as, as a human being, as a, just as a person, I yeah. think there's not, there's not much, a, a much of a higher calling, you know, I mean, there's like in a lot of ways, that's really, you know, that's the ultimate calling in humanity. Yeah. I think that, uh, you are really built for, for this style of, of, uh, training. I mean, uh, or just at least you're built to train in a lot of ways, especially right now. And, uh, I definitely feel privileged to be a part of it. And I'll have to say that, uh, like you said about you know when you you gave this great speech at the beginning of the of the whole uh, boot camp and you said yeah that you you'll yell mm -hmm. um, but to be honest with you when you do uh, yell um, it's not you're not um, yelling insults like you no. you don't um, I think when when people get when people think of these like, you know, old school pro wrestling, it's like, mm. you fucking idiot. What the hell's the matter with you? Get mm. off off the ground, you pussy. This kind of, right, yeah, you know, yeah. military. Berating. Yeah. Mm. And probably I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't really care, but, um, you know, with the sticks and stones line, but, uh, yeah, exactly. but either way, um, but how, how I feel that you do it. And, you know, I, um, it seems that everybody leaves here on a positive note is that i feel that you are motivating like you tell okay get up and do it again you know you gotta and then you give the feedback as to how to do it better and then when somebody does it better or mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you make sure you tell them and and you and you and you tell them that it's better and you tell them yeah you're doing the right thing and exactly you know. well, exactly you, you give them you reinforce and you give them positive feedback when you succeed i will let you know yeah right and so to me that's motivating and um and it makes me want to do better mm -hmm. uh rather than um uh, maybe some people would when you know with that other style of berating mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. people would probably you know kind of have an adverse reaction but you know what it. the thing is that i'm happy you know i'm, I'm mm. really happy that the great every, that everybody that's here at the boot camp we don't have any pussies right that's true and all of these guys that come their ears are open they're willing to learn mm. they're humble they listen they're not on their freaking cell phones. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, yeah, exactly. Nobody picked up their phones nobody, the whole time. The entire time. No, everybody's everybody's immersed. It's immersion into learning something. And that's the thing is, like I said in the beginning of this, that there's so many people that want to be chiefs. There's so many cooks that, you know, people want to be cooks in the kitchen. But the thing is that the question is that do you have the internal stock? Do you have the character that it's, that you know, that, that honestly is required of leadership? And if you don't, that's not your place. Yeah. And there's so many people that, that, that ruin a lot of businesses. They, you know, even in wrestling, they ruin the business itself mm. because they're in positions where they, they not only abuse the power, but in addition to that, it's like, it's like a square peg stuck in a hole. Yeah. It's they're in the wrong freaking place. That's not their skill set. Mm. They shouldn't be there. And, um, I remember, you know, my dad, you know, now he's, he's this summer is going to be, um, 82 actually next month he's gonna oh, be 82 congratulations yeah. to him <laughs> Gee, so it's that's a long a, life that's a milestone and a half yeah but uh you know there was about maybe about 15 no it was more than that maybe about 20 years ago my dad once said to me he said son i have this feeling that one day you're going to be a leader hmm 
and and uh, he gave me some advice then, you know, like life advice, you know, uh, for for how to carry out my own personal piece of, you know, business with other people uh, who who then, you know, if you're a leader, they're going to be under you. You know, I know a lot of people, they don't want to hear that these days, but I mean, there is an infrastructure. Yeah. Right. And that's it's not a bad thing. But the thing is that, uh, you know, like with great, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility also. So the thing is, it's, it's how you lead. Mm. It's, it's how you carry yourself. It's how other people see you. It's, it's how your peers talk about, you, you know, you know, the, the shit talkers are always going to talk shit. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, but then you listen to the people that are your peers, like actual peers, like, you know, in, in the business mm. and you, you listen to what they say about you. And that's, that's your mirror. Mm. The people that are like, that are not yet on that level. They're not your, that's not the mirror. Yeah, the mirror is that equal level playing field because water seeks its own level, right? <clears throat> so it's it's how they see you and it's what they say about you, which is you know which which reflects the, your actual value and your how could you say your your two cents worth? Yeah, right. Mm. So in that way, you know, it's I'm I'm really happy that that uh, there's there's uh, even that the gut check series that we did. Yeah, with Slam Wrestling, I sent that you know to to other contemporaries in the business like Dr. Tom Pritchard and Les Thatcher and and uh, to Akira Nagami in in Japan and then to Masakatsu Fanaki, you know, yeah, people like that, you know, and and I got their feedback right, you know, and they're saying that this is like New Japan style training. It's like and boy, this is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's like you know, it's like the, those who you know, those who don't belong, you know, it's like this, yeah. this is going to separate them, you know, and it's all I've heard is just like, man, way to go, way to go. It's like, you're doing the, the exact right thing. This is exactly how to do this, like to, to bring people up in the business. And it's like, you know, that's, that's the mirror. Mm. These are your peers giving you reinforcements saying that this is exactly the right thing to do. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. And that, that gut check series is, is pretty amazing. So again, if you haven't checked it out, go on YouTube and uh, find Slam Wrestling. It's Slam Rest, or what is the YouTube? Uh, yeah, it's YouTube.com slash Slam Rest. That's S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S. So Slam Wrestling, but not without the ling. Yeah, <laughs> without the lings. Yeah. But um, we had uh, just a little um, chat with Polar Pecco here just um, mm -hmm. before you walked in. And um, he is training really hard, and of course, you put him through that gut check, and then you, I guess, uh, rewarded him, at least how I would say it, even though mm -hmm. it's, I guess, your last test, you rewarded him with a match against yourself. Well, the thing is, it's like, there's there's something to be said for mentorship, you know? This is part of mentorship, where you put somebody through the paces and you test them to see if they have the heart, the determination, the skill set, the whole, the entire kit and caboodle, the you know, yeah. the whole ball of wax, uh, to go the distance in what we deem to be this business that we call professional wrestling. And once again, you know, so what I'm putting Pekko through is is not engineered for ha ha shits giggles and and for for like a show environment or show wrestling or whatever they want to consider this you know the the lighthearted gaga to be so what the, the people view as a joke no no this kid wants to make it as a journeyman wrestler around the world he has the ambition he's young enough he's 23 he's half my age right he has the heart that the the you know the the tunnel vision determination that he wants to make it out in the world and there's a certain standard that if you want to wrestle outside of your home country if you want to like if you want to compete 
with the piranhas because that's what it is out there. It's a pool of piranhas and it's a huge freaking ocean, right? There's big fish, there's small fish. You can always remain in your own country and be like a big fish in a small pond. Or then you can take that big leap of faith and you can jump out of that comfort zone. If you're good enough, if you have the skill set, if you have uh, the entire like range of what you need. So the skills, the charisma, the look, and the mindset, right? If you have that, you have a chance at making it in pro wrestling as a journeyman around the world. And I think personally, after all these years, after training people since 2003 in seven different countries on two continents, I have a feeling that Pecco, Polar Pecco has as a talent um, the inherent skill set and the mentality, the mindset. He has the humility. He's he's got he's teachable, right? Yeah. He's, he's moldable. He's he's an open he's an open book. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually been really impressed with him since day one. I remember seeing him um, at least uh, maybe once or twice at the FCF training, mm. and uh, he stood out immediately because he was quiet he had his ears open he was trying to learn as much as possible mm -hmm. and um he had the athletic ability already so he was kind of you know at least uh, prepared and um like he said uh, earlier that he really digs this style of training that you are doing mm -hmm. these reps and uh, go 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 mm -hmm. you know go hard and uh, the drill sergeant yeah blow yourself up yeah, yeah. you know and i and i like that too it's mm -hmm. hard like i won't i won't lie to you that mm -hmm. i had a really hard time to get through these training courses mm -hmm. but it's a good thing and i feel good that i am able to at least uh make it out in in one piece um but um i wanted to ask you um if you want if you feel like it you mm -hmm. could um i'd like to hear a little bit of criticizing on myself criticism criticism yeah well the thing is i mean it's like you know it's i i see that you have a certain how could you say fundamentals that you've learned somewhere else yeah a long time ago yeah yeah um there's a certain how could you say a fluidity to to a lot of your bumps and to your you know reaction time right which is good i mean that's there's a sensitivity there that uh that, that's really good because it's a lot about body control mm. and about uh and of course, you know, like timing. Yeah. And I think that that uh, you're going to get that down rather quick now because the thing is that, of course, you know, like as you were saying, I mean, there's there's it's a high demand. There's or how could you say it? it's a it's it's a very nitro fueled. I don't mean WCW nitro, but like a nitrogen fueled. <laughs> yeah. Um, training approach where where we go hard here, and and this is you know it's it's for people who have ambition. You know, mm. it's like this this training course. It's it's called a boot camp for a reason, and uh, I think that it rewards the people that come here too, because it's like, you know, when you go to the gym, you train, for example, just at the gym itself, yeah. right? If you don't feel like you busted your ass, worked up, a, you know, a good sweat and got a good pump and, and, you know, you feel strong and motivated and happy about how you just, you know, mm. finished up, you know, then your other option is that you have this lazy ass training session that re you barely registered anywhere. You just mm. feel sluggish. Yeah. Which one would you rather have, the great one or the shitty one, or you know the lackadaisical one? Yeah, which, yeah. Which one would you rather have? So it's like when you come and you want to push the envelope. You, you know, you're a young guy and you you're hungry and you're, you know, you're you're willing to make a go at it. You know, I think it's like it's a disservice that I'd be doing to anybody if I just 
slacked off and eh, that's good enough. Yeah, okay, well, it's kind of there, but yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. No, 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 it's not. It's not good enough. You know, it's like only only doing it right is good enough. Right? Yeah. So do it like the book, you know, according to the book. Um, so I think like with you personally, I think that uh, I think you're going to catch on with the timing. I think with the drills, I think, you know, you're going to have to hit the weights. Yeah. Um, I feel that already. Yeah, yeah. Compound movements. I, I think like upper body, you know, just thickness. I think it's something like deadlifting, bench pressing, even just squatting, um, yeah. you know, even military pressing. But, but I think that a lot of these things, even kettlebell work, um, there's, there's something to be said for like body density that, that in our business, we take so much punishment. Yeah. You know, there's so many hits and bumps and, you know, whether it's taking buckles or, or falling out of the ring or just falling, you know, normal bump style in the ring. Mm. Uh, but still you, your body is taking so many trauma, like I'm not traumatic. Well, in a way, yeah. Traumatic. Yeah. hits. You know, that they're compounded over time and right. you know they don't say that we have a bump card for no reason right mm. every wrestler has a certain bump card and when it's up yeah it's up yeah right and it's like you know there's a reason why let's say terry funk he's still alive of course you know and but he's an old man he's maybe not in that great of health anymore but the thing is i don't think terry funk's gonna be doing any more any more moonsaults even if you'd have one more match yeah i don't think terry funk's gonna be doing anything more than just throwing punches there you go. Yeah, I wonder if just walking down to the ring sometimes seems to be a, a huge chore for him. But I do uh, definitely agree with you that, um, you know, of course, that uh, I would need to build up my upper body and, and that in, in a lot of way like padding or that, uh, you know, when there's muscle there that can hold pieces of your body together, you know. That's it. Yeah, it's ligament strength. It's tendon strength, right? It's bone density. mm and it's muscle. Yeah. And and all of these things work together. That's the body. That that is the human machine, your chassis. Yeah. And and that is, you know, what drives you. It's it well, actually your mind is the thing that drives you, but but you know, that said it's like what carries it out yeah. is your body. That's mm. where the command is sent. So the stronger that your body is, the more compound movements, the more tendon strength, ligament strength that you have, uh you're going to be better off. And and you know, so it's and and really, I mean, pro wrestling. At the end of the day, you just think about it. Like, how many guys from different countries are all looking for bookings, mm, right? Yeah. Now, every like, you could have a hundred guys from, let's say, ten different countries. So, ten guys per country, all sending their CVs around to different European promotions, and they're all looking for bookings. Yeah. They might have the same skill set more or less they might have gotten trained in fundamentals and they might even be able to carry out a good match and shit like that mm. but you know what when a booker or a promoter looks at them and they you think about like how can i how can i monetize this guy yeah i think that's what a lot of people don't think about no they don't and the thing is that if you can't see yourself being put on a poster mm. and having your visage raise public interest that people will want to buy tickets to the event that is being advertised on that poster to see you in person, to mm. see you wrestle. Yeah. That's the acid test that so many people fall flat on. It's like, and that's where like pro wrestling, you got to understand it's, it's, it's a business. Yeah, totally. And, and, and to have that kind of like sales, how could you say appeal? Yeah. You, you know, it's a business of aesthetics. Mm. And that's where, 
you know, I don't have that six pack anymore. You know, I maybe when I was younger, I might've had, you know, but as you get older, of course, your body changes, there's physiological changes, there's certain thickness that comes even around the midsection, things like that. You know, let's say you have sleep deprivation, stress hormones, cortisol goes up, blah, blah, blah. So it yeah. all sabotages you in some way, but still you go out and you hit those weights. You look like a mean motherfucker. Yeah. You know? and, and, and if you can, if you can look like a fighter, if you can like, when you take your shirt off, you put your wrestling gear on, and you oil that hair back. Yeah. Or, you know, you wet it down, whatever. And you step out and those people, they take a look at you and they have to think. They have to look at you and they have to believe. This guy, first of all, looks like an athlete. Second of all, he looks he's like he's tough. And thirdly, he comes across as a fighter. Yeah. Now, if you can sell people on those points right there, you're going to be pretty okay. Yeah. You don't need to look like Randy Orton, huh? right? You don't need to look like Seth Rollins. No, Mick Foley didn't look like that. Right? That's true, yeah. Vader didn't look like that, mm. right? So, and the thing is, that, but you have to look like you belong. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's when you require, you know, a certain physical conditioning. That's why here at the boot camp, that's why we push these kids hard or why I push them hard, uh, you know, to, in the warmups, you know, mm -hmm. in the conditioning, in the drills. Yeah. That's why we go, 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 go is because it's conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. It's mindset plus conditioning. And, and if I were to slack off and just let you just if, if I were, you know, just let you guys, you know, be comfortable mm, yeah. instead of being uncomfortable. Mm. Then I'm sure that this could be like a social club, you know, where it's like everybody's like everybody's friends and everybody's ha ha. And yeah, well, it's all about having fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing, you know, like um, that. That's what I would want when I, you know, always hear the the legendary stories of, you know, these uh, even from yourself. Um, uh, training with uh, Carl Moffat, for example, and how mm. difficult that training was. I'm kind of happy you're not training us like that, but mm. at least you have you took the good qualities of that mm. style of training. But we're not, hey Dylan, wait, yeah. wait, we're not there we're, yet. We're, no, no, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not in match training yet. That's we're, true. Yeah. So once we get into actual like segments of matches, that mm. we, let's say we just train the heat. Yeah. That, but I, I'll, that, that I'll just like I'll I'll lay it on you, you know. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll keep I'll keep on like wailing you, yeah. And you're gonna have to just sell your ass off. Well, that's where it's like. Then you're gonna feel like what I felt when Carl Moffat yeah. laid well, in. I'm kind of I'm like <laughs> weirdly looking forward to it. You know what and, I mean? And, but, <laughs> and, but but that's the thing. It's like when you once you defeat the fear, you know. It's like when you overcome the fear because that's what happened to me with Carl Moffat. Is like short. Long story short. The guy wrestled as Jason the Terrible for yeah. Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling, right? Super He's a big tough. man. Yeah, yeah, and he he was a biker, right? Like yeah, Hell's yeah. Angels type of biker, right? Anyway, my point being, uh, you know, uh, he when he when he trained me, he hit, you know, all of us in training, he hit us f like flush. Yeah, right. I'm not saying full out. It, it's not like he was breaking anything, but he made you feel it. But boy, did you feel it! I mean, yeah. it's like getting waffled, right? Mm. So it's like you—if you can't take the heat, just get out of the kitchen. Like, yeah. get, you know, put your dress on, go to, go to mama. Yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Uh, and I remember at one time, it's like, oh man, my bread basket, my 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 belly, right? Mm. It's hurting so much because every time he do these shoulder drives, like he's driving the shoulder tackle into my into my gut in the corner, mm. uh, shoulder blocking me. He's, he's driving the wind out of my sails, right? So he hit me with a few, and it's like I, it felt so damn bad that I put my hand in the way, right? 
and he felt my hand there when he uh, between his shoulder and between my gut when he you know drove the, his uh, shoulder into my into my abs and then he's he stood up and he's a big man you know he's got to be like something in the range of what six eight yeah he's a huge dude I, at a, least yeah. i haven't seen him in person but in all the the videos of was it fmw or what where was he over in japan but mm. uh, well, he was actually for new japan he was, he was new japan all okay. japan new japan yeah right 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 so there was maybe it was leatherface now that i'm getting him mixed yeah, up yeah, with. anyway yeah. either way um yeah but huge huge dude nonetheless that's for sure yeah and uh, but he stood up in the corner he stood me up and then he's like he got right in my grill he said if you ever fucking do that again i'll rip your fucking head off mm. right and, and it's like he he instilled the fear of god in me because you know i'm, I'm a 19 year old kid at yeah. that point mm. and it's like you know you don't that's where you have to man up yeah right yeah. that's 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 grand torino that's clint eastwood in grand torino right mm. there it's it's the old man challenging the younger man to become a better man yeah and i'm glad i'm, I'm honestly glad that when i look back on my life that that i was put through with the you know the paces that i was you know that i was challenged by an alpha male that got in my grill and challenged me not to be a pussy. Don't be a whining twat. Take it. Learn. I mean, life is hard. If you can't take it here in training, how the hell are you going to take it in the ring? Yeah, though, that's that's very true. And I mean, um, at least for me right now, the the hardest part, you know, other than being like physically, um, you know, physically fit for, for these kind of things and, mm. and gaining that, that muscle that I need to do. And that's kind of on my spare, my own time anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but the hardest part for me is that footwork. And I remember you talking to Miranda Gordy and she was saying that that's something she really wants to work on. And I think that people, most people have no, even not a clue that there is anything called footwork mm. in pro wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, to me, that's, that's, surprisingly difficult and um it all is about repetition and um and having a good coach to tell you and mm. show you mm -hmm. that's what i really enjoy about your style of training mm -hmm. specifically is that you go in and you show and with your 26 years of experience mm. um and all the styles that you've had to like wrestle with mm -hmm. and there you are you know you take a the greenest piece of grass basically mm -hmm. and you you know go through it all the motions and we can watch your feet we can watch your body how you turn and everything like that mm -hmm. and you actually do the drills mm -hmm. with us mm -hmm. and well, i mean that's that's the whole thing uh, you, you you learn by example yeah exactly right i mean if i was if i if i just stood there at ringside and just sat in a chair and just like barked out you know orders to you guys it's like well just do it this this way do it that way you know first of all it's how seriously can you take somebody like that? Unless you're Harley Race and you're 70 something years old, right? Then you're going to have an assistant coach who's very well trained, who's going to carry out the actual training portion yeah. in ring. Mm -hmm. And Harley's going to be the one with the critical eye, you know, with, with his eagle eye on the outside, like a hawk, yeah. watching and analyzing and telling you exactly where, you know, you got to, you know, the, the, it's like a game of chess. He's going to tell you exactly where you need to be and what to yeah. do. Uh, and of course, you need that too. But, um, I think that like as long as you can do it, you know, you have to get in there and you have to set the example. It's mm. like setting the pace. It's 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 just credibility. And uh, you know, and, and I think it's because I still enjoy it, right? It's yeah. it's it's something that that I like to do. And uh for me, you know, at, at the age of 47, 
you know, I, you know, my, my friend Chris Jericho, he's, he's 49. Yeah. Uh, or is he, did he turn 50 already? No, he's, I think he's 49. Yeah, so he's still yeah. 40. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so he's, he's a couple of years older than me, but the thing is that I look back on the different, you know, like classic wrestlers, let's say Nick Bockwinkle, he was AWA world champion after the age of 50. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's certain guys in the wrestling business, you know, Nick was just one of them, but that it's, you can carry yourself if you if you can stay healthy right if you can stay mobile healthy and if you can stay off of you know the 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 drugs and you know yep. painkillers and things like that where mm-hmm. you don't get addicted um and if you can just keep the drive you know the, 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 if you still love what you do mm. um you can wrestle well past 50 and, th- and that's not really an issue mm. right uh and for me the way that I the way that I see pro wrestling personally right now at this point in my life is that I need to have something there that drives me. Yeah. Right? And I'm thinking that like, if I were to hang it up, if I were to just to retire, you know, right. and, and to hang up the boots and I would still have the aptitude to do this. I still have the health to do it. Why would I quit then? Yeah. Like for what reason? I mean, if, as long as I can still do this, why should I quit just because of my age? Mm. Right, forty-seven is is it's nothing. I mean, Mike Tyson's coming back at fifty-three now. Yeah, yeah. Right. So my point being this: that uh, I'm the kind of guy that I need, um, I need something like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that I fight for. In mm. other words, if I were to retire and just then go to the gym every week and just train for the hell of it, you know, I don't know how motivated that would keep me if there was no payoff at the end. Yeah. What am I doing this for? Mm. But as long as I can still keep wrestling, it it's like it keeps you sharp, like your mental game. It keeps your it, there's a there's a driving force mm. as to why you do what you do. I mean, uh, do you find because uh, I remember when I started to teach drums and this was a while ago and I was teaching like little kids, you know, five years old or mm. eight years old or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, I would start to even well, even older kids, but whatever. Um, it was interesting to go back to those very basic techniques mm. that uh, maybe I hadn't even visited for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And then I would go and have to show it to them in the most proper way mm-hmm. um, so that they could learn, uh, I guess, from the the perfect style of technique. Mm-hmm. You know, every I think every um, drummer who learns the right technique, at some point they probably lose it. Uh, and because they, they don't think about it anymore, is it something for you that you? I know you have trained mm-hmm. uh, all over the world. Was it seven different countries? Yeah, and, seven. Yeah, um, like insane. But um, do you find when you go back to these training sessions mm-hmm. that um, it kind of uh, how would how would I say it? Like kind of uh, refines your skills. It. I mean, of course. I mean, it's it's something that you know you can. You always have to go back to the basics, right? Yeah. It's like a relationship, right? So when you start a new relationship with a new girl, in the beginning, you do all these things that you would usually do when love is new, right? When yeah. when infatuation is fresh. Mm. And they're pretty juvenile in a lot of ways, right? You know, yeah. buying flowers and, and you know, these little flirtatious, you know, uh, things that you you know that you yeah. pepper in there the romance yeah you know, or whatever you want to consider it right yeah yeah so but and over time if you're with the same girl for years and years and years a lot of that 
kind of is taken for granted because it's like you don't revisit that anymore or it doesn't really even come in near mind. Mm. And it's something that uh, Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins said that if you want the same level of or like, you know, passion and intensity and if you want the same kind of relationship, the same quality of relationship as yeah. you had in the beginning, you cannot forego you know, these things that you did in the beginning, you have to revisit those like on a continual basis. You have to take that your significant other out on dates. You, yeah. ha you have to, you know, surprise them with nice little, you know, things. Mm. Um, you, you have to, you have to, you know, uh, you have to notice them yeah. right? and give them reinforcement and things mm. like that. And, and these are like, you know, it's, it's, it's in the details, but yeah. isn't it the same in everything though? I think it is. Yeah. And like I mentioned about with the drumming and that's, that was actually what I really loved about teaching drums was that I could go and refine my own skills. It was like a, yeah. it was almost uh, keeping my mind fresh uh, on, on that whole skill set Yeah. Um, that I think a lot of people just lose because they focus on um you know you're at level one when you start mm -hmm. out and mm -hmm. then when once you get to level 10 yeah. you forget all that stuff that happened at level one right, right. you know and then yeah. i think it's really healthy to go back there mm -hmm. and to and to examine that and when you can get to the level up uh, whatever level 25 where mm -hmm. you can start to actually teach people mm -hmm. at a level one or whatever mm -hmm. you know that's when uh, i think those kind of skill sets come in to play, but uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, since that you are this 26 year veteran of pro wrestling trained mm -hmm. people all over the world and um, you are 47 years old mm -hmm. and you're still going strong and, and, and hard. Now you have a match coming up that you decided to book mm -hmm. for quarantine combat and it's against a guy who's two years into the business very i think he's just a bit over okay well yeah, yeah. just a bit over mm. um but very green mm -hmm. in terms of like um the broad spectrum yeah. of yeah. pro wrestling you see something in him mm -hmm. and you granted him a match with yourself and how mm -hmm. do you feel about this um like youth um versus experience the way i look at it at it is that it's like it's like a test for him but it's also in a way a test for me because the thing is that you know i'm looking into the future and i'm thinking to myself that you know there's a lot of people that i think that that have a very a piss poor attitude or or then like a very a very misconstrued way of thinking where they think that Starbuck is in the business of only pushing himself. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and that they, they've been brainwashed by other jealous little snakes to believe that, that, uh, just because, you know, you're in a position of power that you book yourself in a, in a situations, uh, that, you know, you always make yourself look good. That's not particularly true because what you do is that if you're smart, you understand that this is a business, right? And you're looking for somebody to carry your, how could you say, your honor, right? 
into the future. It's like it's like having kids. Yeah. Right. So it's something that you leave behind and it's like it's an imprint that you leave on society. Mm. And when these kids that I train that come up under me, under my tutelage or under my training or under my auspices, go out into the world and when they talk in other dressing rooms, in other promotions to the media or to their peers about who trained them, mm. and they say, I was brought up in the business by the Rebel Starbuck. I want that to be a badge of honor, not only for that kid, but for that promotion mm. that they know that they're getting somebody of great stock. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's what that, pro wrestling is a business. And when I see a guy like Polar Pecco, a young guy who's got so much ambition, so much heart, so much burning desire to make it in pro wrestling, he's got incredible physical aptitude, he's got athletic gifts, uh, you know, and, and he's he's a cut above, he's a different breed of cat. Mm -hmm. And you you see potential in this guy, you no, know. I do. And and I don't want to see him squander that potential. Mm. I don't want to see him, you know be put into positions by by let's say people that don't know jack shit about professional wrestling and, and you know do him a disservice by projecting him in a in a, in a bad way mm. right so it, when you see somebody like like pecco what you want to do is you want to give him a honest legitimate shot yeah. at proving what he has to offer mm. the gut check series on youtube for slam wrestling is a shoot yeah totally okay People have to understand this. This is not just mindless entertainment that's been put out there just to get likes or social media follows. This is a legitimate shoot, mm. right? When you look at the actual, you know, the, the level of commitment that you have to have, the mental game that you have to have to make it in pro wrestling, that's where I see that Pecco is a guy that very few others would actually go through the same grind as he's gone through. Yeah, I would agree. And because of that, I want to see him do well. But there is a parameter. There is a standard, right? In every business out there, there is somebody who is the standard bearer, mm -hmm. right? You can't get any higher than a certain guy, yeah, yeah. right? It's it's There is a food chain. There is a, there's a pyramid or whatever you want to consider it to be, but there's a ladder to climb, right? Yeah. There's somebody at the top yeah. of the mountain. And here in the Nordics, whether people like it or whether they, whether they don't, I mean, it's like, I that's not my problem. But like, as my track record shows, I'm the guy. Mm -hmm. So as long as I'm the guy here in the Nordics of Europe, I mean, you're going to have to prove yourself by going through the top dog in the game in this area of the world, period. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And, and you can't get any higher than getting into the ring with the rebel Starbuck and proving that you can not only hang, but that you can prove to yourself, to your peers, to the audience watching and to the world out there. That's going to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. That you are worth whatever is bestowed upon you by being placed in that match. It's like Vince McMahon saying to Tori Wilson back in the day that I'll give you the stage, but it's up to you what you do with the spotlight. Mm. The same is for Pecco at Quarantine Combat. I'll give him the stage, but it's up to him what he produces because it's not, you know, it's it's a fight. Yeah. And if I know you, you're not going to pull anything. You're going to no. you're going to give it to him as 
hard as you possibly can, just like as if you were fighting Tajiri. Yeah, well, the thing is that I mean, I I gotta test the kid. Yeah, you know. Do you? What do you? Uh, what is your feelings? Do you think he's gonna pass this test? I want to believe he's gonna. Mm. Because the thing is, I, I want to believe in the next the next generation. I want to believe. And there honestly hasn't really been anybody in the past decade out of Finland that, that you know, we had Heimo Ukonselka back in 2007 who made himself into a legitimate European uh, star in pro wrestling, yeah. right? And he made it because he believed in his own piece of business to that point where he got good. He got good at being who he was with a skill set that he had. He made it important. He learned to place things in the right order. Right. Yeah. He had the mindset. He had the understanding. Um, Stark Adder is another guy, you know, who wrestles for slam wrestling. He's been now in the business since 2004. Yeah. And, and, and he's invested himself. He's, you know, that, that catches catch can style of wrestling. That's, that's his, you know, niche. Yeah. And, and, but these guys, you know, they're, that was over 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Who's come ever since then. Yeah, but nobody's broken out of the mold. Nobody's made it like out in Europe, like out in the world, made an imprint. Mm. They've made, you know, they've wrestled locally, locally. They really haven't made any significant waves in Europe. Yeah. They haven't. And, 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 and that is something that I want to fix mm. because the thing is, it's my, my legacy in, in the country of Finland is professional wrestling. Yeah. That is what I'm known for. When people say my name, Michael Majulai or the Rebel Starbuck, what they associate me with, that's the wrestler guy. That's true. Actually, right? when, when I first moved to Finland and I asked about, is there any pro wrestling mm -hmm. here? And uh, the only thing, like my now wife, she said to me, well, I, I only know there's one guy named Starbuck, mm -hmm. but um, she didn't know anything about you, but she mm -hmm. knew. There's one guy named Starbucks. Well, that's it. That, that's it. That's exactly how it is. Yeah. And and the thing is that you know I, I want to leave behind a legacy. Yeah. I I want to coach up, you know, uh, a battalion mm. of guys that can make it, of guys that would have the desire, the heart, that they'd have the character, that they'd have the attributes, and whatever I can bestow upon them as a coach. Yeah. What from the mindset all the way to the skill set. Well, I, I want them to go out and to conquer. Mm. It's like my army. It's my freaking army. Go out there and conquer. Make me proud. Yeah. Well, you got some guys here in this boot camp that I really think that can do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I mean, I would like to make you proud. I am 38 years old, so I'm maybe even a little bit behind Diamond Dallas Page in terms of my pro career. But I still would like to uh, be able to like have some really good matches and to but be hunger. Yeah. You know, you have to have that tunnel vision. You got to have that goal that you're striving towards. It's like, there has to be an end game. Yeah. And you have to clarify that for yourself. Like, where is it that you want to be? Like, let's say, what do you want to still do? Do you want to go to, to Japan? Do you want to go to Germany or what is it like? What is the thing that you want to achieve by wrestling? There's a guy or I've had some guys in Finland before that said that I don't want to wrestle outside of Finland. It's just my only ambition is just to wrestle in Finland. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, okay, well, that would never be enough for me personally, but, yeah, yeah. but if that's all that they want to do, well, then it's, that's what they, that, that was their agenda and they fulfilled that. And then after that's done, their career is done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because there's nothing more to be had. Mm -hmm. You can only go so far. There's like a glass ceiling, right? So once you, you know, reach the glass ceiling, either, either you, just spin your wheels in place or then you quit 
Yeah. I personally, like, I'm just going to say this, uh, cause I've been thinking about it that I really, I do believe, uh, quite heavily in polar Pekko. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, he's got insane amounts of potential, just like, I think that's what you see in him. Mm -hmm. And I have like, um, at least his style and, and the way he seems to, uh, present himself just in everyday life. Mm. I have this, like, I wonder if he shares the same like feelings, but I think he would do really well in Japan, like the Japanese style. I think that, uh, his like, um, even, you know, how Japanese people are actually really into Finland for some reason. Yeah. yeah there's, there's you a know. certain mindset that is very there. There's a certain synergy. Yeah. And I wonder like, would that like finish, Finnish nature, because I think he's has very a Finnish attitude, mm. um, where he's not a talkative guy, as we heard mm -hmm. him talking earlier today. But he's uh, he has that sisu, I guess, is what you call it. Mm -hmm. He's a tough dude, and because um, I don't see him as as a uh, sports entertainer so much. No, he's. He, I think that he wants to be a professional wrestler. He yeah, doesn't, he doesn't want to be a, a, the shits and giggles type. Yeah, right. He doesn't want to put on a show. He wants to have a fight. Yeah, and and that's to be commended. That's, yeah, that's I think so too. But and, uh, and, that, and that's why I want to give him that chance, right? I want to see because the thing is that I'll vouch for you if if you prove to me that you're worth it, mm -hmm. I will vouch for you. It's and the thing is that I I've said this before to other people that, and and I think that you know there are a lot of people that don't understand this to this day, but it's in life and especially in business, mm. it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you. Well, there you go. And if they don't know who you are, how the hell are you going to vouch for anybody? That's it. How are you going to put anybody or position anybody in any place, any shape or form? Yeah. And But the thing is that if you're connected and, and if you're respected by your peers, people that are in, you know, on that level of, how could you say, of, you know, veteranship or whatever you want to consider it to be like just that you you have an equal amount of time and an equal amount of of accomplishments yeah you know, with a certain peer group and if you can vouch for somebody and put the word in for them in that peer group those people are influential too yeah because that's that's the upper echelon right and when you put the word forth for somebody else that's how the wrestling business works. It's like any other business out there mm. that it's somebody else has to open the door for you. It's not, you don't open those doors, th those doors yourself. Yeah. Somebody opens them for you. And that's why you always have to remember where you come from. That's why, like, I will always be, um, uh, indebted to Lance Storm, mm. right? You know, and, and to, to also to Chris Jericho, I'll always be indebted to Carl Moffat. Because these guys were influential at the beginning of my career in helping me get started. Mm, yeah. And because of that, because of the fact that they were opening doors for me, they were vouching for me, they believed in me, they gave me the time of day. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you putting on this boot camp. And um, I think it's it's something that's needed, especially this style of pro because in in a lot of in all honesty and i don't uh i don't mean this as an insult but mm -hmm. I, I really to anybody out there anyway mm -hmm. there is no professional wrestling training in finland other than this slam wrestling boot camp no, there's not no. you know and um it's if you want to train a different style uh, mm -hmm. of uh the show wrestling then you can for sure yeah but yeah. this is not that mm -hmm. and um 
and I'm really uh, I'm excited because we got there's two two down and 22 classes to go. Something like no, that. No, no, no. How there, many there, classes? No, there, there's 27 classes. 27. In all, so you got 25 to go. All right, there you go. Oh, well, there. Even but better. But the thing is, you know, I'm I'm really surprised at how quickly guys are catching on. Like this is the second session today, mm. and as you said, I mean, it's like. But the thing is that when you push these guys hard, mm. and everybody, you know, it's like, like I said, when when you got to yell at them, you're not yelling at them. You're yelling, or you're not yet like yelling to them. Yeah. Well, you're yelling for. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, I guess it's it's, it's like it's like you're 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 only looking to motivate to get them into the zone. You're only looking to put their head in the right place. Yeah. Right. And for them to focus. Mm. There, because the thing is that in the middle of running the ropes, in the middle of all of this, like bumping around, in the middle of them getting tired, they can't keep their focus. Mm. You know, and they can't remember all the nuances. They yeah. can't remember the small things. So then, when you hear the coach yelling and he's telling you exactly what you need to do, then it's like your mind is making the connection right then and there, mm -hmm. right? And that's where I see that even though this is the second training session today that we just finished up, these guys have already made an improvement from class one to class two. Yeah, it's it's weird. And I'm sure we're going to have like a plateau mm -hmm. where even uh, people are going to start to all of a sudden get worse for a moment. Maybe. But I, I think that that's quite normal thing, mm -hmm. just like it's normal to puke during one of these <laughs> sessions. And I don't think that should be considered um, or seen as a bad thing. No. I no, think no, no, that no. that's uh, people working hard. Exactly. I mean, know? it's like, you know, you're, you're putting the time in. It's like it's physical exertion and your body is 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 just eliminating the weakness yeah well um we're gonna go for a few more minutes longer here on this uh our live podcast you can definitely listen to the full podcast later uh in entirety if you're just tuning in now or or if you're actually listening to it later but uh either well, we way for, we forgot to actually talk about our sponsors that's true and i <laughs> that's when you walked in the door i wanted to because um you've been really generous and you you um, and actually our sponsor skip was really generous for this uh boot camp and uh we got to try some what was the actually uh the the, the, the stuff fuel. that we tried yeah top, yeah it, it was the uh, the recovery drink so it's like yeah top fuel which is like you know folks i gotta say like i'm and, and i don't want to sound like a salesman right now but the thing is that I mean, I have tried for the past 25 years all kinds of supplements out there, mm. you know, like on different con in different in different countries on different continents. I can tell you the good ones from the bad ones, and second of all, I can only tell you the ones that work. I can only I can I can only speak for the ones that work, and you can feel in your body when something is like right, right? You can feel like when your energy actually goes up. You can feel when you start to recover, when your mind starts to clear. And things like this. You can feel like when you're coming down with something, like let's say you're coming down with the flu or whatever, and you start taking like mega doses of like, let's say vitamins, minerals from a certain manufacturer or a certain, a certain uh, company, producer, whatever. And inside of two days, all the symptoms are gone. You're healthy as a horse. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's like not all men are created equal. Not all women either. Not all sports supplements are created equal either. You mm. know, and... Skip is it is the the absolute uh what what's the what's the what's the greatest or the the number one car in the world right now? Is it a Lamborghini or I don't know, let's Mercedes. It, I guess it all depends on what you want to do with it, but well exactly. Uh, yeah. But I mean but you know, in, in Finland there's a saying 
that you know like Mercedes or Mercedes yeah, is, yeah. is like the ultimate, right? So it's like mm. if you're if you're yeah. a big CEO or whatever, you know, you, you got to drive a Mercedes. Yeah. So let's say Skip is the Mercedes of the uh, sports supplement field. Yeah. And the reason I say this is because a lot of people out there don't understand that sports supplements they are actually there are different grades out there. For example, like if you want to talk about just about nutrition, yeah, they have feed grade, which mm-hmm. is for animals. Okay. You have food grade, which is sold in stores like supermarkets mm-hmm. and you have pharmaceutical grade. There are three grades. Pharmaceutical grade is distributed to not just pharmacies, but to, to hospitals. Right. Okay. When you have patients coming out of like big, procedures let's say like you know surgeries like let's say cancer surgery or whatever uh you got to get these people back into the into the into the books of the living yeah and you all the nutrients that go into their body have to be like the utmost the the most pure the most like fulfill or like filling not just fulfilling but like filling and and like legit shit out there they have to be yeah because the thing is that you got to rejuvenate this person they've just like they all their vital signs have gone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll give you an example. With Skip, it was about maybe twelve years ago. Uh, was it Turkey? The the, the hospital uh, system in Turkey ordered something in the range of what is it, a hundred thousand kilo or ten thousand, hundred thousand, whatever it was, but it was like over ten thousand kilo of uh, bulk gainer. Right? It's their bulking you mm, know, sure. supplement. Right? Yeah. So vitamins, minerals, uh, protein. Um, digestive enzymes, herbs, uh, you know, carbs. Right. The only thing that's missing is, is fats. Right. Right. Well, because it's pharmaceutical grade, the Turkish hospital system orders uh, like a boatload of this stuff, like just like crates and crates and crates. Why do you think that a hospital system in a country the size of Turkey is buying supplements out of Sweden? Tell me. Because the shit works. There you go. You know, <laughs> it's it's like you got you've got cancer patients, you've got like diabetic yeah, patients, you've got true. all kinds of patients that need to be rejuvenated mm-hmm. and, and to be sent back home so that they can start like living regular lives after surgeries. Yeah. Well, they're feeding them skip. It's what the Swedish Olympic team uses. It's 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 what Baltic like powerlifters and, and like like hyper athletes out of Russia use. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly the, the brand that we have here. And it's pharmaceutical grade, which means that it has to be by law, by EU law, it has to be 98% pure. What it says on the label, if you take this stuff to a laboratory anywhere, you can take it to a, uh, like any, you can pay the lab, you know, your, yourself to actually like break the shit down. Mm. And if it doesn't come out that it's 98% at least of what it claims on the label, yeah. they lose their, certif- their certification by EU law. They go. will lose that certification. Skip is the only brand of sports supplements in Finland right now that has anti-doping certification. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. The only one, huh. period. There you go. Okay. What does that tell you? What does all of this tell you? First of all, if I'm going to put my money into something, I want to make sure it works. Yeah. Right? And if I, if I, I can always go and buy, let's say, kebab and basmati rice. Or jasmine rice, you know, it's yeah. like at you know some cheap kebab place. It'll, it'll cost me eight to ten euro. Mm. It'll be garbage nutritionally, high fat. The rice is going to be like 
the short chain carbs. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be you know, digest in, inside of like a heartbeat. Right. So it's going to turn into blood glucose. Going to go straight in my fat storage. Right. Won't be able to burn it off that quick. Yeah. Or then I can go and I can buy a 30 euro dinner at Manhattan Steakhouse and pay something in the range, like I said, about 30 euros, maybe, maybe more. Yeah. For a maybe entrecote and maybe a baked potato. Mm-hmm. Now, which one of these meals do you think is more fulfilling? <laughs> which one do you think is going to actually uh, give more sustenance to your body, to your physical machine? Well, it sounds like the steak anyway, the steak and potato. Well, if you know anything about physiology and about nutrition, mm. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that, okay, it's more expensive for a reason. Mm. So when Skip, for example, uses sixth grade whey protein, which is the highest grade, there's six different grades of protein. Right. So when they, when they use the highest grade of protein, they cannot uh, sell wholesale their products to, let's say, mass supermarkets at such prices that the supermarket will be able to turn a profit, which mm. is why you won't find Skip in supermarkets in Finland. You won't because the thing is that the price has to be so low that when they buy it in, when they take it in, that they can still sell that shit off at like, let's say minus 50, 50%. Yeah. If the shit hits the fan and that stuff ain't moving, mm. they got to be able to put a minus 50% on the, on the label itself. So yeah. the people will buy and just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, skip, you can't do that because it's sixth grade protein for crying out loud, mm. the highest on the market. So in other words, the raw product itself already in, in the uh, in in the ingredients is is of such high quality and it's so expensive that you can't afford to sell it off at that price yeah well i'm using the the protein what was the one that pro max pro max yeah and uh okay it's like um it's not about the flavor i can drink it totally fine mm. i don't mind uh, it tastes like a protein shake to me but the thing that i actually like about the flavor mm. is that it's not sweetened It's not, yeah, it's like, because I, I got, I think I had enough of these like overly sweet protein shakes oh, yeah. that taste like, and maybe they're not using sugar, but they're using something. They and taste it, like chemicals. Yeah. And it, it just tastes like candy and it, it doesn't feel like it's right. And I just throw a banana in the, uh, in the blender, yeah, yeah. zap it with the, that Promax stuff yep, yep. With, with some water mm-hmm. and uh, totally good. For me oh yeah I mean, it's that's all you need or then e- blueberries easy, yeah blueberries yeah. as well yeah easy to drink nope. and um i don't know what that was but some some big noise there came maybe that means that uh we should wrap it up or well, something. we gotta wrap it up maybe yeah but uh yeah to speak of our other sponsors also i think that we as we close shop to you know this week uh we should also Make a shout out to Marco Simonen. Yeah, definitely. Great photographer. One of the greatest photographers in Finland for live action photography. He was taking the photos of the first day, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go to our Slam Wrestling Facebook page or the, even on Instagram, so Instagram.com slash Slam or then Facebook.com slash Slam you can see Marco's pictures there. But Marco has been um, he's been the AD our director for for pro body magazine yeah and then also for fight sport magazine in finland you know he's been the the main photographer for both those magazines i mean the guy he knows his shit right yeah. and uh also makes tremendous music videos this guy's done the music videos for my band uh crossfire for bad street usa and then also for stoner king's fucked ad 
Um, and then also for Supernaut, my doom metal project, a song called All Hope is Lost. So, I mean, there you have three references. You can go check those out. You can see this guy knows his shit. Yeah, he's serious pro, that's, yeah, that's for sure. MarcoSimonen.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N.com. Check them out. They're definitely worth it. In addition to that, our other sponsors on this program, Gorilla Wear, uh, the top gym wear line in the world. I mean, since 1982, folks, I mean, they're they're bigger than Gasp. They're, big, they're bigger than... Uh, better bodies they are the biggest right now in the world gym wear line uh and training wear line yeah uh, and uh i've been I'm, sponsored by them for years and years i'm wearing their shorts uh for this training actually and they, they are the most comfortable shorts yeah. i have especially for doing any athletic things and yeah. you know it's uh well i i really dig dig everything and you're usually decked out in that stuff always always think, because it's so comfortable yeah i don't think you're wearing it if you're if it's not so no no i mean it's you know it's i've had other you know there of course even gorilla wear has certain articles you know that that they don't fit as well as others and and of course you know it's like i wear what fits me but uh and what feels good and what i can move around in but yeah. uh yeah so i mean absolutely I mean, gorilla wear and when you sweat that's the one thing about gorilla wear when you sweat you don't feel that the clothes feel like clingy clingy mm, and they yeah. don't feel like heavy and shit like that but they're they're still they retain their airy quality which is like just tremendous so like for me that's that's uh, that's a, a real like plus uh, for, for training in any way shape or form uh in addition to that um Hey, Red Skull Hot Sauce. That's it, yeah. I can't really make any at the moment, but uh, definitely check out Red Skull Hot Sauce on Facebook and Instagram. Double D. Double D, yeah. The double Ds. The big old double Ds. Oh, R-E-D-D. I always love double Ds, man. <laughs> well, you know, it works, especially when you need to make sure that your hot sauce brand is not uh, infringing on any comic book heroes or yeah. villains. Anyway, but yeah, once I get that back up and running, uh, when I guess I can start to produce more, check out R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. And uh, yeah, and order yourself a sweet-ass skull bottle full of goodness. Um, also, Estrada Creative Helsinki, they're doing some great stuff. Um, actually, at the moment, I'm working with um, Hector Estrada uh, on a few music videos as well of um, one of my band and another of a um, Brazilian-Swedish retro uh, metal kind of synth wave project that's sounds that, scary yeah it's going to be pretty cool actually uh polar pecco was in the music video oh, was he yeah, yeah he he managed to to get there and Jumping uh do that so that's going to be coming out soon and, and you then can see the skills as well oh by the way you guys you guys you have to check out iced bikes they're from belarus ah. uh they are they They've got like what over fifty-five million sold worldwide. Iced bikes. I, yeah, A I S T. Ah, okay. A I S T. This yeah. is this new one that you've. Yeah, exactly. Got. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but I mean the, these bikes. I mean, there's like at least two Olympic gold medalists that have that have you know won their gold medals on iced bikes for oh, cycling. Wow. Um, they've got over seventy models worldwide. Uh, they got men's, women's bikes. They got kids' bikes, and, I mean, just that track record of, of like since 1947 yeah right for this many years i mean they are one of the most i think the, the national teams of india and also i think what was it russia indian was it something like pakistan but at least mm. india it was but 
they uh the cycling teams they they use exclusively iced so i mean it's like you know it's got to be a quality product so check them out aist bicycles out of belarus but uh, there you go ladies and gentlemen that's it there you go i mean there's uh, some pro wrestling news but nothing really all that uh, exciting as it is but um uh at least uh, the the numbers for ratings wise i'll we'll just have a quick note on that they have been going up mm. um at least for AEW, nxt and raw and smackdown however since the since i think this um the latest catastrophe in the united states that's causing um a whole bunch of uh ruckus ruckus if you want to say that's um in all all over the place uh but it's it's again uh taking the media by storm so people are wanting to watch more news than ever and Mm. which is great i guess in a way but a lot of that news is disinformation i think anyway misleading I mean, they're stuff. owned by the uh, same corporations there's, just, there's only a handful of corporations that's out there it. that own the world's media and brands. that's a that is a shoot for sure that in is fact a shoot. but mm-hmm. uh so anyway so people are not uh, i would assume that the ratings are going to be down again but uh, either way if you haven't checked out um uh, i guess the wwe's product they're putting people in the crowd now trainees trainees yeah so it's uh i guess given a kind of live atmosphere that i think is much better i'd never thought that they would follow suit Mm. and copy what tony khan is doing yeah but i'm sure they're gonna claim it's uh, well we're not doing it that way we're doing it a different way but But uh, it's true because the thing is they're not putting other wrestlers that are mm. on tv into the crowd aw's putting their guys that aren't wrestling on that yeah that's true that particular uh, episode now what WWE is doing is putting their own NXT trainees. Yeah. Which, yeah. So it is different. Yeah. Well, there you go. And uh, but then AEW had a dynamite there uh, last night, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main event, at least I enjoyed it, was Jungle Boy and Cody. I, you haven't seen it yet. No, um, it to me, if this is if this is the start of this TNT Championship, um, how the belt is going to be defended, and supposedly it's going to be defended every single dynamite hmm. uh, or that's the the idea that they're having that it's cody wants to defend it on every show and um that's gonna be overkill i think so yeah but you know let's see how they they go with that uh, i don't know how they're gonna go through their roster pretty how quick. are they gonna like how do they size up the contenders like in other words who is ranked to compete for that title and what's the criteria well, that's something that I don't know, uh, and I was thinking about it because uh, Jungle Boy, okay, it was a clear deal. He w- uh, won a battle royal on a dynamite, I believe it was, so he gets the shot. Mm. Fine, fine, and Danny. But next week it's Mark Quinn from Private Party. I don't know why he gets a shot, hmm. uh, you know. Um, but good. Let's see if that that matches any good. Um, if it rivals this one that Jungle Boy had, but I've been really impressed with Jungle Boy, hmm. uh, Jack Perry, uh, and I think you have as well. That match with him and MJF, you really were digging it. Yeah, that was good. That was really and good. Um, seems like they're continuing that feud as well. And oh, you may as well. I think you hit like that. You hit a certain gold vein right there because of things that in the future. Hmm. That's maybe AEW's Misawa versus Kobashi. Hey, yeah, that, there you go. I mean, and I, I think that if they continue to do what they're doing, which is pro wrestling, um, in a, in a quite a good way that, um, and they just are going to get better from now on. Mm. Um, that's going to be exciting. The last piece of news I'll leave you guys with, and we're going to, uh, 
hop out of here because uh, it's getting cold and we're gonna close the doors but yeah uh, we gotta go eat yeah there you go um it's a uh, tony khan has um banned uh hulk hogan and uh i guess his wife uh i don't know is it his ex-wife um linda hogan anyway Tony Han, Tony Honey Han. Honey Han. <laughs> Tony. Is, that, is, is it any relation to Jessica Han? <laughs> I don't know. Remember her? Uh, I think so. She was hot. Well, I got Sam Kinison's squeeze. Google, I got a Googler, but yeah. um, Tony Khan has banned Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan from any uh, AEW events due to uh, what seems to be uh, quite, quite um, racist uh, sounding tweets so i won't regarding uh, what? the regarding the situation in the united states at the moment uh-huh so uh and they i mean i'm not going to read them out you guys can check it out for yourself already uh, linda hogan basically is the culprit supposedly and tony khan replied um you've now joined your husband in being banned from all AEW shows congratulations i don't know if they were going to ever go to one but uh i don't know you know don't make these racist statements or things like that i i guess you can, I have no idea what they said no well it's well i'll show it to you afterwards oh, but sure. um yeah. banning banning people from shows just to say something it, you know what it's, it's controversial but it's also virtue signaling mm. you know and the thing is that i really hate this day and age of virtue signaling because you know it's like unless you really believe in something you know don't just bandwagon you know like there's so many people out there that actually you know they're, they're just looking for social media follows and likes and you know just engagement and by you know by you know tout tooting certain things um and i'm not sure if this is like such a case but my point is that you know we all have our own i haven't like i said i have no idea what hogan has said or what linda has said or whatever but the thing is that you know everybody's got a right to their opinion you know, and wh whatever happened to free speech? Yeah. Well, what the fuck ever happened? The thing that I, I mean, I, I definitely don't condone what, what either one of them have said. And mm. I think it's, it's quite terrible comments, but to be perfectly honest with you, banning somebody from coming to your event mm. because of their, um, maybe backwards opinion, whatever. Mm. Uh, I think that's not the, the solution because that's not going to make that person go, Oh, uh, I going to change my opinion that's going to no. make people angry and it's going to it's so you're going to create a bigger rift because you are also then you all of a sudden basically are um what would you call it basically uh i don't know but you're you're putting up some kind of wall you're you're uh you know if people can't buy a ticket to your show you're segregating yeah segregating uh -huh. people based on their opinions and and i don't even if their opinions are, are horribly shitty and wrong, they should still be allowed to buy a ticket to your show. Well, but, but the thing is that, you know, it's like you cannot manipulate your environment, yeah. right? Like stop trying to make everybody fall in line with your piece of thinking, you mm -hmm. know, because it's people are different. Everybody's yeah. different, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is that just rest assured that people that, share your view your, your worldview or your slant are going to gravitate towards you those who don't 
will gravitate away from you. And that's just the way that life is. It's like, I don't expect everybody to share my opinion. And it's for those who don't fine, you know, you know, it's, it's like chicks, you know, there, there's, there's certain girls that, you know, they're just gorgeous, drop dead, gorgeous. And, and you'd love to maybe hook up with them, mm. but guess what? They view you as a Ichabod, right? That, you know, yeah, that it's, it's that they don't, there's nothing about you that, you know, like, let's say maybe it's your political views. Maybe it's your character. Maybe it's your personality. Maybe it's the way you dress. It's just that you don't exude what, you know, that what turns their clock and you'll never be with that girl because of that. But then there are other super hot chicks, you know, who love exactly the way that you are. There you go. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you, you will not ever placate everybody and you, nor should you. But just rest assured that you will draw the, the like-minded people, people that share your values, you will draw them towards you and you will excommunicate those people who don't share your worldviews. And so what? Who gives a flying fuck? Mm, there you go. Well, that being said, this has been uh, the first ever live shooting the shiz at, and I'm doing a mix of the... Uh, the theme song or whatever that we got going on here with my phone, but just so it can sound slightly professional. Thanks for joining us and uh, live. And we're going to try to do this every week. So let's uh, spread the word, get our live numbers up and, uh, and listen to this show later on as well. And uh, give us your opinion next week. We'd love to hear actually from you guys uh, with some comments and questions. And uh, we'll keep trying this live thing and see how it goes. But, Thanks for joining us on Shooting the Shizat here at the Slam Wrestling Boot Camp for Starbuck. I'm Dylan, and we'll hear and see you next week. <laughs>